The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told to them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told to them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. At the beginning of the last century, in the first two decades of the 1900s, a missionary bishop was going into China. But before he went, he insisted that there be a community, a monastery of contemplative monks who would go before him, who would do nothing but pray and pray for his work. He realized that the contemplative life was the most important part of what it meant to be a disciple. And he realized that the prayers of that community were not only essential, but the primary element of his evangelization. Sounds strange to our world, doesn't it? I remember once being on a bus trip into the Vienna woods. And one of the places we stopped that I most wanted to see was a Trappist Abbey called Heiligenkreuz. And as we were driving back, a couple was sitting several rows behind me, and I heard the husband say to the wife, I don't see what good they do. They don't really produce anything of any value. They don't seem to have much purpose for being there at all. Our world, I suppose, would agree with that, because we've lost the realization of the centrality of the contemplative life to what it means to be a disciple. We've been programmed for the heresy of activism. I must be constantly busy. I remember years ago, you would sometimes hear religious say in the 70s and 80s, my work is my prayer, really. Well, then your work isn't going to accomplish very much of anything, if anything at all. If you don't have a contemplative life before everything else, you will not produce much fruit, if any. And we see that over and over again in the scriptures, don't we? We do. Moses, wandering around in, in the wild, 
see that in the prophets, don't we? We see it in St. Paul. He went off to Arabia for three years after his conversion. We see it in all the great saints. Our Lord himself went into the desert. He was always going off by himself to be alone with the Father, to pray. But we've forgotten that. And our world is constantly trying to impress us with the importance of action. Now, of course, action is an essential element of the spiritual life. But contemplation must precede it, as we see in today in the Blessed Mother. We rejoice in the, the motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This gospel is quite beautiful. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they spent time first in contemplating this child. Just in contemplating, observing him, looking at him, being with him. And only then they made known the message they had been told them about this child. Then, but only then, after they had spent time in his presence and then the Blessed Mother. And this, is, this, this phrase is in here for a reason. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Just a sentence. But it describes her discipleship, her perfect discipleship. She first had spent time contemplating God. And then contemplating her own life in reference to him. And only then did she act. Her action flowed from her contemplation, as ours should too, because she had spent time being with God. She could then do the things of God. Such a simple statement to describe her discipleship. And we saw that too in the Annunciation, didn't we? She is there when the angel appears to her. And the angel addresses her, and she must now take all of this in. And she must give an answer. But her answer doesn't come suddenly. It comes from a lifetime of contemplation. The answer that brings God to earth. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me as you say. She is, as St. Augustine said, more than mother, she is disciple. That's That's where her holiness lies, in her discipleship. And then we are told the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. So they continued in contemplation of what they had received. This is such an important thing I, that we have to go out of our way to almost restructure our lives, to do nothing without contemplation. I mentioned once before, I think some years ago, teaching at a girls' academy that was run by nuns. And the principal was a sister, and she was suddenly called out. I forgot what the reason was. But something very important. She was going to have to get in the car and drive somewhere. But I noticed that the first thing she did was go into the chapel and kneel before the Blessed Sacrament before she did anything else. And she spent some time there, too. And only then did she go. And she'd been there with the Lord for a while. Now, sometimes we don't have all that time. But we always have something. We always have at least a moment, and sometimes a great deal more than that. I think that's one of the wonderful things about adoration chapels. They've taught us what it means to be contemplative, to be silent before God. Sometimes perhaps to be even bored to death in the presence of God. Fine. God can work through that too. 
but we are there, we are with him. I'm sure sometimes you've been to visit somebody, for instance, in the hospital, or someone who might have, you know, in a nursing home who was um, suffering from dementia, and you spend some time with them. They may not have even known who you were anymore, anyway. They may not have even been aware of your presence, but you were there. You spend some time with them, because in some way, it would have an effect upon them. Well, and vice versa, it's the same thing with God. We spend time alone with him as she did. So we come to her as our mother to learn, as mothers teach us, about God. That's the first thing I think mothers teach, is they teach us about God. And we learn, first of all, from her, because she doesn't say very much at all, does she? Well, she does. At the end of St. John's Gospel, or rather, in the beginning of St. John's Gospel, the only time she ever speaks in St. John's Gospel, she simply says, do whatever he tells you. Uh, those are her instructions to us, too. Uh, to, uh, they, that comes from contemplation. But how will we know what he's go- telling us to do? How will we know what God is calling us into unless we spend time listening to him? So today, then, we come to the Blessed Mother as example and mother, uh, someone who will show us how to do it and then tell us. And someone in, who, in her love will lead us to him. Remember, she's always doing that. She never leads us to herself alone. She's always leading us to him. That's what disciples do. But she will only lead us to someone whom she knows very well. In fact, as no one else knows him. Because she spent time not simply with him, but moving into his life and allowing his life to continue to transform hers. To be in his presence anywhere is something very good. To be in his presence here is the ultimate transforming power. When we think that nothing is happening, everything is happening. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come rejoicing in the motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, following the Blessed Mother, her members will always be Disciples of the Lord, through contemplation and action, visible signs of the Incarnation, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations of the world, especially our own, they may come to know the Blessed Mother as their mother, leading us to her Son, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that in their suffering they may be united to the Sorrowful Mother as Mother, For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, and especially now for life in the womb and for the vocation of motherhood, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations of priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will be visible signs of the Incarnation because they have spent time in the presence of the Incarnation, for a greater reverence for the uh, missionary nature of marriage and the single life, and for its heroism, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the word made flesh, they may be then visible signs of that word, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. 
May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. As we begin this new year, that our lives will be transformed by what we have seen and heard, we pray to the Lord. Lord and for all of us here, having spent time in the presence of the Lord, we may then come to know his will in our lives and respond to it as his mother did, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of God as we sing. <laughs> 